Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear friends, worship services are at 8.45 and 11. Worship services. If you've been around long enough, you may have seen some Lutheran churches call their worship the divine service. We don't say worship events. We don't say worship programs. We say service. It's a Protestant thing. Roman Catholicism says mass. Masses are at 8, 9, and 11. Luther himself called it mass, which is a good word, but that's another sermon. Come back another week. Service, service in, in English means one person serving another. We can say that a restaurant or a hotel has good service or bad service. We call a gas station a service station because the employees there serve the car and its needs. So in our consumer culture, you may think that Sunday is when the church provides service to consumers, that you may receive good service or bad service here, that you pay some money and in return you get an inspirational message or some pretty music. But if that's what you think, I have some bad news. <laughs> we are all here to be servants, not to be waited on. It's a worship service because we are all servants of God, not because God is serving us cake and ice cream. In my, in my opinion, and I've read a few books about this, what we call Sunday worship really started as a kind of dinner club, a fun dinner club, a dinner club for everyone. Christians gathered on Sundays, which they called the Lord's Day because Jesus had risen on a Sunday, and they gathered in someone's home, and there was a meal and a kind of Bible study. The Bible study was something that the Christians took over from our Jewish tradition, and the meal was connected to the Last Supper. So we are confident that the two central features of what we do on Sunday, Scripture and the meal, were in place from the beginning. How Protestants ended up throwing out the meal is another story, another sermon, another Sunday, come back then. Scripture and bread and wine, or in one tradition, lost in the mists of history, bread and fish. These were there from the beginning. But worship is something different. It's not Bible study, which is sort of what we're doing now. We sit through a heck of a lot of Bible readings on Sundays, in case you we're awake through all of them, the first reading, the psalm, the second reading, the Alleluia verse, the gospel. Half of the other parts of our liturgy come from the Bible. Then the sermon is a collective engagement with the Bible. At least I'm engaging it, and if you're awake, hopefully you are too. But that's not worship. You probably used the word worship in the correct way 
when you've used the expression, she worships the ground he walks on. Have you ever said that or he worships the ground she walks on or something like that? Dogs worship their owners. We have in our culture celebrity worship. You can worship the ideas of Albert Einstein or you can worship the moon. Worship involves this sense of awe and this sense of smallness in the presence of something or someone great. Worship could easily involve kneeling in the presence of someone or something great. Prostration, even. It might involve praise and thanksgiving, which again involve acknowledging that we are in the presence of someone or something greater than ourselves. Someone or something that provides for us or judges us or holds immense power over us. Worship. Now at the time the New Testament was written, worship specifically took place in only one location. Where was that? The temple in Jerusalem. And what went on? in worship in the temple in Jerusalem. Were there hymns? Not really. Sermons? Absolutely not. Scripture readings? No. What did go on in the temple? Animal sacrifice. A constant stream of animals, a zoo ranging from pigeons on up to bulls being slaughtered and burned. You know how good meat smells on the grill. And the Bible even says somewhere that God's nostrils were pleased by all that roasted meat coming up to him in smoke. So when we read Paul's beautiful words this morning, words which we will pick up next Sunday, but I encourage you to not wait a week and to read all of chapter 8 by yourself, When Paul wrote the letter to the Romans, Christians did not feel that they were worshiping. The stuff that they were doing on Sundays was not worship. Worship was what went on in that temple over in Jerusalem where animals died so that God would feel honored and respected by his people. So Paul says, guess what? Paul says, that what you do for your neighbor is worship. If you're a teacher, then teaching is your worship. If you're a farmer, then farming is your worship. Are you an exhorter? Paul says that some of us are exhorters. That's a person who gives encouragement, a kind of a coach. That's real worship, Paul says. Being cheerful. Hello. Lutherans think that the Bible says we're always supposed to be depressed. But intentional cheerfulness is worship, Paul says. So all that effort you put in all week to make the world a better place, being nice to people who don't deserve it, putting up with stupidity, being patient in traffic, 
waiting in lines at the airport because of stupid Osama bin Laden, trying to be cheerful, trying to encourage someone, you know, all that stuff that you do for other people to make the world a better place because you know you can, and if you can, then you know you should. Should care, should make the effort, should invest the sweat. One of my dear friends said, I don't know why I always put the grocery cart back in the place where it belongs in the grocery store parking lot, but I do. That's worship, my friends. Going the second mile, doing what's right, because it is right, and because God equipped you to do the right thing. So Paul says that where once dead animals were given to God, we are a living sacrifice to God. Not to be slaughtered, but to change the world. Don't be conformed to the world, Paul says. The world, that would be our consumer, violent, debt-ridden, sensual, abusive, exploitative culture. Do not be conformed to the world, but be renewed by your minds, he says, and then go out and do things differently. Do things God's way. God is not interested in animal sacrifices, something some of the Old Testament prophets said, and then Jesus said. God is not interested in the animal sacrifices. God is interested in how you live life. Can I get an amen? Oh, Baptists are worshiping with us today. Praise the Lord. Service doesn't mean what we receive. It means a life of duty, a life of sacrifice, a life of putting others ahead of yourself. That's why we call the armed forces military service, because they are servants of a higher good. And if they are, and if they are commissioned to service, how much more are the followers of Jesus commissioned for a service even bigger and greater and more awesome than the Marines and the Green Berets and the Navy SEALs? So worship is service, and service is worship. That's what Paul says. In fact, I think the Roman Catholics are right. This is mass. Mass is from the word mission and the word commission. Mass is what we do to get ready to serve. We get fed, we get claimed, we get named. Jesus renames Simon as Peter today. We get our group on, we get taught, and then we go out and serve the whole world and even the moon and the stars beyond that. Arguably, this is the one hour of the week when you don't worship, if Paul is right. This is the hour that gets you ready for all the other hours of service in the week, which Paul says is your real worship. We who are many are one body in Christ, Paul says. Wait till you hear what he says next week. You are good and acceptable and perfect in God's eyes, Paul says today. God doesn't make junk, Paul says today. He's got a mission, and you are one of his commissioned officers. 
And together, we're making a cosmic difference. Present yourselves, men and women, present yourselves here and now as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. We're going to sing a song about it. So we're going to have to change. We're going to flip the order of two of the songs. So we're going to sing number 576. 576. We all are one in mission. <laughs>